heaven declare. Heaven declares. We cannot keep silent for all the good things that the Lord has done in our lives. We cannot keep silent. We cannot keep silent. And that's why we praise. And that's why we dance. And that's why we clap. We give you the praise. We give God the praise. We give God the glory. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give the Lord the praise. We give him the glory. We give him the honor. Oh, yes, we cannot keep silent for all the goodness of the Lord unto us. How can we say thanks for all of the good things that the Lord has done? At least we are alive. We are breathing. We are going in and out. And so for that alone, we are grateful. And thank you for joining us. Before we get into our second song of praise and worship and into prayer, I want to share some scriptures with you so that your faith will be built up. For this month, the theme of our prayer clinic is Thy Kingdom Come. The whole of this year, our main focus for the prayer clinic is centered on learning how to pray effectively. And the theme of the series is Lord, teach us to pray. It is amazing that in Luke chapter 11, one day the disciples saw Jesus pray. And the Bible says that after Jesus was done, the disciples reached out to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I started the series in our um, first prayer clinic for the year. So I will encourage you. I laid the foundation for this series. And so make sure that if you were not part of that prayer clinic, you will see the video on our Facebook page. I will encourage you to take a look and watch the video so you get the foundation of what I'm going to be sharing today. And today I'm talking briefly about one of the principles that the Lord Jesus Christ taught about prayer. He said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. God the Father desires that his kingdom will be established all over the world, all over the earth. But you and I know, if you are a good student of the Bible, that in Revelations chapter 11 verses 15, that time where the kingdom of God will envelop the earth, all over hasn't come yet because the Bible says that the, in the end times there would be a time where God's kingdom will swallow up all the kingdoms of the world and in Revelations 15 uh, sorry 11 15 we read the time has come when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign 
forever and ever. But until the end of all things, I want you to understand because it's very, very important. If you understand this uh, principle, you will see the essence of why you need to pray and pray often and to also pray that let your kingdom come. The Bible teaches that we have two kingdoms. We have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And the word of God refers to the kingdom of Satan as the kingdom of darkness. And in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 11, Paul talks about the unfruitful works of darkness. And part of the unfruitful work of darkness is when people indulge in um, fornication, some indulge in adultery, some make a lifestyle of covetousness, some live in all manner of evil. And Paul said, those who make a practice of these things and have entrenched in their lives a lifestyle of these things, they should not deceive themselves because they do not have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Sometimes some of us are wondering, why is there so much confusion all over the world? In recent times, there have been a major earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Millions of people are displaced and thousands and thousands of people are dead. A lot of property is destroyed. And then somebody is, is saying, if the Lord is in charge, why are all these things going on? I came to let you know, as I have said earlier on, that there are two kingdoms that are ruling this earth, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And circumstances, events, and things that happen on the earth either is coming from the kingdom of God that is also a kingdom of light or from the kingdom of the devil that is also a kingdom of darkness. And sometimes when earthquakes, floods, and things happen, the insurance people refers to it as the acts of God. They are not the acts of God. These are the handwriting and the acts of Satan. As a matter of fact, when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul said, Satan is the God of this world. And because he is the God of this world, he has blinded the minds of those who do not know Christ Jesus. He's blinded them so that they will not open up to the gospel. He's blinded them so that they will walk in sin. He's blinded them so that they will walk in unrighteousness. And that's the more reason why if you are a child of God and you are in the kingdom of God, you should always pray that the people who are in the kingdom of darkness, whose minds have been blinded, that God, the light of the gospel, will penetrate and break that darkness and stronghold so that they will also come unto the kingdom of light. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, Paul continues and says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of stronghold, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of um, the gospel, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Sometimes there are a lot of arguments going back and forth. There are a lot of talking going back and forth. And sometimes some believers spend their time trying to argue with those who don't believe as they do. They're trying to prove that, yes, the Bible is true or um, Satan is real, etc., etc. Paul said, the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So to be able to pull down those strongholds, to be able to pull down those imaginations, you will have to war in the realm of the spirit. You will have to stand, he said, the Ephesians said, put on the whole armor of God. And after you have put on the whole armor, then you enter into your prayer closet. And so we will will get into some of these things as we pray today. And the church must win our battles on our knees even before we step out onto evangelism. Is it a wonder that sometimes churches have whole crusades and sometimes no soul comes to the Lord? And meanwhile, they have spent thousands of dollars on that crusade or whatever your country's currency is. But I would tell you from the basis of the scriptures that when we understand that the devil is the God of this world and that he has the people who don't believe in Christ Jesus, he holds them in captivity and he has blinded their minds so they will not open up to the gospel. You will spend time in prayer, weeks, months, sometimes years ahead, even before you get onto the mission field. I read the story of Charles Finney. Charles Finney was a man of God who had great success with winning souls. Sometimes he would come into a, a city and the whole city would turn onto God. He comes to a place and the rate of the conversion is so high that you'll find that clubs and uh, uh, bars and all those places are closing down because all of them have come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus and they don't want to indulge in that kind of lifestyle anymore. But one secret that Charles Finney had was that he had this prayer warrior known as Father Nash. If Charles Finney, for instance, is coming to the city of um, Washington, D.C. Father Nash will go ahead of time, stay there weeks ahead of time, and rent a hotel and will be in that room praying night and day for the souls of that city, for the souls who have been bound by Satan, for those whose minds have been blinded, so that when the gospel is preached, The gospel will penetrate the darkness. The gospel will touch their hearts and that they will come to repentance. And using the scriptures, he will pray so that every stronghold will be broken. And so when 
the time comes and Charles Finney comes to that city. It is just a time of harvest. And hundreds and hundreds of people got born again that way. On the other hand, when we read scripture, it also gives us insight into the kingdom of God. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the apostle Paul said, The kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He goes on in Corinthians 4.20 that he said the kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power. So when we witness to people, they must experience the power of God in their lives. If the person is having mental challenges, if the person is depressed, you must open up your heart as a believer Believe God with them for their deliverance. Believe God with them so that they will come out of darkness into light. And you saw, we, we see all through the scriptures, especially the book of Acts, that when Paul, everywhere that Paul went preaching the gospel, the sick were healed, the blind saw, the cripples walked, the, the, the people who opposed the, the, the preaching of the gospel, Paul dealt with them. As a matter of fact, there was one man called Simon. The Bible says that this man called Simon was a, a magician and he had bewitched a whole city. If you don't believe in powers of darkness, that is one example right there. This man has used his magic powers to hold a whole city under bondage bewitched them such that they believed him. They felt that he's the most powerful thing in that city. And then we have um, Philip the evangelist coming into that city, preaching the gospel. And the Bible says that as they heard Philip preached about the kingdom and seen the miracles that God did through Philip, they gave their lives to Christ. And so later on, Paul had come He's also come to strengthen them, pray with them, make sure that the believers are established in the faith. And then you have this um, Simon. He realizes that his power was broken. The people now knew that there was a power that was greater than the power of Satan. So now all their belief was in the Lord Jesus Christ and he wasn't too happy about it. And so whilst he's causing opposition, the Bible says that the apostle commanded that you shall be blind for a season and he became blind. The people must see the demonstration of the power of God. And the thing about it is that you would see from the also the ministry of Christ Jesus that the Bible says that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and he also demonstrated what the kingdom of the Father was all about. He would cast out devils. He would heal the sick. He even raised the dead. And in Matthew chapter 12 verse 25, the Bible says that one day Jesus had cast out some devils and delivered um, the people from bondage. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, out of envy and jealousy, they said, don't mind him. He's casting out devils 
by the power of Satan. And then Jesus made this profound statement. He said, any kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan is casting out Satan, then his kingdom cannot stand. But if he, if Jesus cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived amongst you. So you realize from this scripture, from the, what Jesus said, that deliverance is part of God's kingdom. Getting people delivered from the oppression of the enemy is part of God's kingdom. If you are in need of deliverance today, believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is here and he is here to deliver you. He is the same Jesus when he walked upon the earth. He is the same Jesus who is now seated at the Father's right hand. And he is the same Jesus who is coming for the church. But guess what? We are the representatives of Christ Jesus here on earth. Because the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, that when we became believers, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, one of the things that happened that maybe if you don't know, I'm telling you today, that the Bible tells us in Colossians 1, 12 to 13, I'll read it. It says, Thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. The day you got born again, there was a transference of um, citizenship in the realm of the spirit. You didn't see it, but the Bible says that God transferred you, rescued you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And now as a son or as a daughter, you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Every kingdom, if you are a citizen of the United States or for, or for any country for that matter, you have your rights, you have privileges, and you also have responsibilities. So as citizens of the kingdom of God, you must know your rights, you must know your responsibilities. And we, we have to always walk in our covenant right. One of the things as your right when you became a child of God is that you have access, direct access to God the Father 24-7. That's why the Lord Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, you now have a heavenly Father. If you have an earthly Father, you have a heavenly Father who loves you deeper even than your earthly Father. And you have 24-7 access to your father. If you are a child of God, the Bible says you have inherited a blessing and not a curse. Christ became a curse that you will inherit a blessing. And you have been anointed by God. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, 
all the gifts of the Spirit are inside your spirit. And at any point in time, if you would step out in faith and say, Lord, I yield my body to you. Use my hands as an extension. And you pray for the sick. That sick person will be made whole. Jesus told us in Mark chapter 16 that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel. And when we preach, these signs will follow us. We will cast out devils. We will heal the sick. And when we drink even any deadly thing, it will not harm us. That is part of our heritage. The church has come to that place and where the world stands right now, that you see a lot of unrighteousness, a lot of lawlessness, a lot of people challenging even the existence of, the, of God. We have people who used to serve God, who used to do um, videos about God, now going on YouTube saying, I don't believe in God anymore. That whole church thing is fake. Beloved, I'm here to let you know God is not fake. God is real. We serve a mighty God. We serve a living God. Jesus is real. If you haven't encountered the risen Christ, hold your peace. Don't say he's not real. But I dare you to say that, Lord, if you, you are alive, as Dr. Evelyn is saying, manifest yourself unto me and he will. Are you in need of healing? Are you in need of deliverance? Are you in need of your, your children who have gone wayward? Are you in need of them coming back home? Call upon the name of Jesus because he is a living God. And that is why when you understand these two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, you as a believer will understand why you have to pray without season. Because you got born again and you were translated into the kingdom of light. But there are still millions and millions and millions in the valley of decision. There are still millions and millions of people in bondage. And if you will pray, if you will stand in the gap and intercede, there will be a transference in the realm of the spirit. God will transfer them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So when you go on your knees, those are some of the prayer points you must pray. So when the Lord Jesus said, let thy kingdom come, he was saying, let righteousness reign on the earth. Let peace reign on the earth. Let joy reign on the earth. Let gladness reign on the earth. Let people be delivered from their bondages. Let demons cry out of people because that is part of the kingdom of God. The church is in need of the children of God who understand their covenant rights and are ready to be used as vessels to as a, uh, are ready to be used as vessels to demonstrate what the kingdom of God is all about. I want to ask you today, are you ready to be used as a vessel? Maybe when we get to the time of prayer, you want to cry out to God. He said, Lord, I rededicate myself unto you. I lay my hand, my whole body on your altar. I want, my, I want you to use me as an extension 
My hands are your hands. My feet are your feet. My eyes are your eyes. Every part of my being, use me to your glory. And your life will never be the same. So we must understand that we must make sure that God's kingdom is expanding. We must make sure that those who are already in the kingdom are being established. Those who are already in, in, in the kingdom are ex experiencing the power of God. Those who are already in the kingdom know their rights and responsibilities. You must pray so that people will have an understanding of even what their inheritance is all about. And as we learn these series and as I teach along these lines, I will share with you some of the Bible prayers that you can pray so that the kingdom of God will be extended, will, will grow from grace to grace, that more people will come into God's kingdom, that we will depopulate the kingdom of the enemy. And so when we get into the time of prayer, we are going to be praying that the power of God will be displayed one more time. We've read about revivals in time past. We've read about the power of God on display in time past. But this is our time. This is our day. And that revival begins with you. You making that commitment to say, Lord, I'm ready. Use me. That is revival right there. And as you open up, the Lord will use you. The Lord will magnify his name even amongst you. I, I was, um, I heard this story this week. I watched it on uh, actually Facebook, um, YouTube about a university in Kentucky. The, it's an evangelical university. They normally will have uh, morning devotions as part of their um, curriculum. That morning they had gone for devotion. They were, um, they preached on repentance, confessing your sins, making sure, you know, I spoke about the unfruitful works of darkness. So if there is any form of darkness within you, you want to shun it. You want to ask the Lord to come in. You want to make sure that the Lord transforms your life. So the students were doing the same thing. The next thing they know, the power of God has fallen on the students in the auditorium. That day was um, a Wednesday. As at Sunday when they were reporting, the revival was going on. Some of the students went to their um, halls, grabbed their mattresses, and came into the auditorium. Teachers have to suspend um, classes and make sure that that experience is not cut off. I'm telling you, that is how revival started all over the world. If you will remember, the Pentecostal revival started in Azusa Street in Los Angeles, and it was just among some group of um, Bible students who were studying and trying to find out if the gift of the Holy Spirit is real, if God is at work in our day and in their time. And as they sought the face of God, the power of God came. I want you to join your faith with me. I have been seeking God. I said, Lord, let, your, let us experience you more all over. 
Let us experience your power. God is not dead. It is us who have distanced ourselves from him. But if we are willing and we are obedient, we will eat the good of the land. The Lord is pleading with you. When you sleep at night, then midnight, you just wake up and you are like, why am I up? The Lord is tearing in your heart to pray. The Lord is waking you up so you will stand in the gap and pray. And if you will sacrifice just a little sleep, if you will sacrifice just a little food and pray for the church of God in our day and in our time, we will see great things. I believe the only answer to some of the opposition the church is facing right now is for the, the divine power of God to fall one more time. If an unbeliever comes to church and they see the blind eye open, they see the deaf ear hearing, they see the cripple walking, you don't need to tell them that Jesus is alive. I have seen the blind eye open right before my eyes. A woman who had been blind for over 20 years, the Lord Jesus opened her eyes and I witnessed that. And we want to see that over and over and over again. That the world will know that God is still at work on the earth today. God bless you. We will enter, we, we will enter into another time of worship as we prepare our hearts to pray. And worship the Lord from the depths of your heart. And prepare your heart to tell God, the Lord, visit us again. Lord, anoint us afresh again. Lord, grant that by the name of your holy child Jesus, signs and wonders will be done in our churches. Signs and wonders will be done in our communities. Signs and wonders will be done in our schools. As in that university in Kentucky, may it spread across other campus universities in the United States and across the nations of the world. So beloved, get ready. Let us worship and then we will begin to pray. God bless you for hearing his word. Hallelujah. You're still at the corner of the tent, so just be mindful because you're still on the.